We are back, 19th Ferry Crew. All of us are here following up on the Honda Classic and jumping right into the Bay Hill Invitational. Arnold Palmer's tournament, of course. We'll speak a little bit more about that. We have all four of us and uh, something to decide a little bit here with Will Dog and Joe tying for third place, both ending up at plus two. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a Rochambeau. We'll announce it live for those listening on podcast. We're just going to do rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And whoever uh, is the winner of that will get the first pick or the second pick. The first. Uh, You'd want yeah, the, the first. Person. The loser is like comes in last place. So they then get the first pick. Right. That's what I would think. So you're but, essentially trying to lose. No, no, no. So winner gets the first pick. But loser gets fourth place. Okay, that makes more sense. I mean, you guys are splitting the point either way. So, winner of the Rochambeau gets first place. All right, here we go. Wait, wait, wait. Ready? It's rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Not throw like... it. Yep. And it's rock, one game. Paper, scissors, even... throw. All right, all right. Not what I'm used to, but I still am going to beat you. <laughs> Momental thing right there. I'm throwing you off with that. All, all right, guys. G, you announced the rock, paper, scissors. All right. Three, two, one, go. Rock, paper, paper, scissors, shoot. Willock, put your hand on the screen. <laughs> they both got scissors. It was I don't know, scissors. bro. That could have been changed underneath the screen. Uh, we, we, we need a little bit more fluidity here. <laughs> I would have changed to something that beat you, you fool. All right. Garrett again on three. All right. Three, two, one, go. Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors, shoot. All right. There it was. Scott with the rock, Joe with the scissors. Scott will be making the first selection tonight when we get to that point. I think uh, we had a little bit of something to discuss. I don't really want to steal anyone's thunder here, but Joe? Yeah, I'm I'm not shy, D. I was hot. I was hot this past weekend. I felt like I got a little bit gypped. All players make the cut. Granted, they didn't play amazing when making the cut, but all my players make the cut, and we have a rule as our scoring rule that if a player misses the cut, his past scores from fr- from Thursday and Friday do not count towards the weekend. So if you then, therefore, have a single player make the cut and he shoots one under, you're one under par, and you're, if you picked Matthew Wolf last week, your 17 over is just disappears. No harm or foul. Um, if you have all three of your players make the cut, then you're stuck with just, you know, your three players who made the cut and you're six over for the tournament when someone else is technically 23 over. I felt a little bit, you know, like that should change. And so I spoke up to G and D and we went back and forth on it and now here we are. We said that it would be the perfect podcast discussion, and so now the floor is open. Yeah, I mean, I think, feel? I think you got to use legitimate examples, though. We did take into account the cumulative scores. Uh, I had Matt Jones and uh, the Joaquin Neiman missed the cut. They missed at the what? cut at, th- at a three over and seven over, which was a total oh. of 10 over. Yeah. And after uh, the second round, Berger was 10 under, so I was even cumulatively. Going into the final round, Berger was 11 under, so I was minus one. And I think Joe was at plus one. So it was still pretty tight. 
of course, Berger ended up blowing up and I uh, lost four strokes and Joe would have beat me by one stroke. It, he was at plus two. I ended up at plus three. So it was pretty close overall. Joe feels like he should have got a dub for that. I understand. I mean, it, it's just kind of how we've always done it. It's how we started it out and it keeps the game close. It gives people a chance. I mean, if you use Joe's example of a Matt Wolf who shot plus 17, you're completely out of that tournament. So I'm interested to hear what viewers uh, and, and people on 19th Ferry have to say about this. I'll put it up on the story to get some reaction. But what do you guys think, Scott and G? I mean, it's kind of a, a wrinkle into our game. We can make some changes maybe at the end of the season, but there is something to be said about having three players make the cut versus, I mean, G, Scott, and I all had one player make the cut each, and it was still a tight match. So there is something to be said there. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, we're playing for the average, you know, so it's competitive. So every weekend is fun and it's close. Again, I'm not against iterating a rule where there is a negative effect to your players not making the cut. But again, at the end of the season, we've been doing this now for a season and a half and some change. Joe brought a good point to light but we just can't switch it up now not now end of the season i'm with it yeah i mean that's a that's a different argument the timing of things but just in general i'm with joe that you should be rewarded for having golfers make the cut and penalized for having golfers miss the cut i would even take it further than just counting the scores they missed the cut at but adding additional strokes per day um saturday and sunday and really penalize them for missing the cut and this is interesting to add especially as we have just recently implemented the rule of if you pick the winner you get three additional uh points onto your total at the end of the tournament so it is something where i could see you know you might even come in last place because you had a player to miss the cut but you also picked the winner i was very close to that happening with burger this weekend so i could have came in last place but still gotten three points and tied for second in the points total. That is interesting. So something to keep a look at. I do also want to note, I have all of the scores from last season in this book uh, going back through it. The scores were pretty tight. So I would be interested to see how, how much of a difference it would make if you counted the cumulative scores. And if there was people that were just completely out of the tournament, my idea is to keep it close and have everyone in the tournament enjoy it through the weekend. We'll just have to see. That's going to take some time to, to kind of figure it all out. So we'll try to keep score cumulatively on the side as we monitor the situation as the season goes on. Yeah, I think that's very, I think that's very fair because I'm with you. I, as, as much as I would like my rule to be implemented, I, I absolutely hear your viewpoint of keeping it close because it is fun when it comes on the Sunday and you're, you know, going through your three players and you're like, okay, like this guy, this guy, this guy, like, you know, you have a chance to, you know, catch the leader if the leader slips or, so I, I hear that. I just think it would, it, it puts more emphasis on, on picking your guys. Like that's your squad. Like that, we're not picking individual, we are picking individual players, but those individual players become your team. And like, you need those guys to all perform. And if one guy, you know, sucks it up you need to you know i think the difference there is like i don't know 
really what your pool does that you were mentioning, but on like FanDuel or DraftKings, you can pick like anyone can pick John Rom or Rory McIlroy. We're kind of going deeper than that, where we all can't have John Rom that week. And it makes it tougher to make it like a team where you can count on all, everyone to make the cut, especially in a major where, you know, we're picking five guys in a tough field, no matter what. And this, the Honda was a very uh, unique situation where there's not a lot of tournaments per year that go over par in their scoring averages. And that makes it tough when you have three players to go deep. Like you would think if I had one player and you had three, it'd be easier for your guys to go deeper than my one player. And that's normally how it is. That's, that's typically pretty true, but it was an interesting situation here at the Honda. Joe brought up a good point. Uh, I, I think maybe instead of, taking the cumulative scores, especially if you had a Matt Wolf situation where you're 17 back already after two rounds that, you know, maybe a couple strokes uh, penalty instead of the full 17, just so you're still in it, but you're also penalized. <laughs> CJ doesn't like that. I think that's old Mochi doggy. Ooh. That is Mochi. He's pissed. I locked him out. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think, I mean, as as G said, it's not going to be implemented this year. I think we have a lot of time to discuss on the points deducted per player for missing the cut, if it's not the full missed cut. And, yeah, and it's sort of like to your point, D, of, you know, you would think that three players would be one player. You also aren't thinking that, all of your players are going to be missing the cup by 17 over, you know, like usually it's like they miss the cup by like one or two. And it's like, that's, and, and if you do pick somebody that is, you know, misses the cup and he's, you know, plus five, it's like, that was a, that was a bad pick. Yeah. And you should be penalized for it in some way. I, I do understand that. So I think we have a pretty good basis of where this game is going to be headed going into the 2023 season. And we'll continue to monitor it throughout the year and, and kind of keep track of it for ourselves before it becomes official, what it ends up looking like compared to the 2021 season. So that's something yeah. just going forward. We're glad Joe brought it up. And uh, we've had some funny conversations in the group chat that we wanted to share with you guys. Uh, a lot of great gifts. Uh, I think Will Dog found a few really funny ones in the destroy section of Giphy. But, uh, you know, hey, that's that's how this game works. It's meant to be messed with it's only in its second year so we're going to have some rule changes from time to time of course we just implemented the the plus three points for your point total this year too so lots to be coming from that let's get into a bit more about arnold palmer's tournament i want to give him the credit where credit is due the king arnie i i can't say enough good things about the guy the tournament in general just made it down there for my first time in october got to play with my dad for his birthday wearing the hat that place, guys, it's, it's incredible. Probably one of the most fun tracks I've ever been on. Uh, it's got water. It's, it's got hills. It's got turns. I mean, there's everything to it. It's, it's obviously Arnold Palmer. You know, he knew what he was doing. And that 18th hole on Sunday is always fun to watch. You have Tiger Woods back-to-back -back years drilling putts from almost the identical spot, uh, 2008 and 2009, with the king standing over his shoulder to watch. And then uh, Tiger himself has, has won this tournament eight times. And the only other person or only 
a few people have won it twice. Matt Every was like 2014, 2015. He won it back-to-back years. But only a few people have ever won it twice, and Tiger's won it eight times, let alone a four-peat from 2000 to 2003. That's There's so wild. Not many people can dominate like Tiger Woods. Has anyone ever done that? I don't know that anyone's ever had a four-peat four years in a row at a tournament. I can't say for sure. Doubtful. Very yeah. doubtful. Has anyone won a tournament eight times either? I, I got to think those are records, all-time records. Tiger has won, I think, seven or eight WGCs. He's won at Torrey Pines eight times, including uh, an amateur event and a uh, U.S. Open and, like, six farmers. And then he's won at Firestone. I think Firestone was the WGC. So he's he's got a couple of tournaments himself that he's won seven or eight times. Uh, but I don't think anyone else – has done that eight tournaments. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. The, how uh, pristine the Bay Hill. It's just perfect. The green's perfect. Fairway is perfect. The rough is all the same height. There's not a bit of tan bark out of place surrounding the trees. They do a good job to keep it well manicured and they're very proud of it too. The staff there was incredible. Everyone was proud to tell a story about a time they interacted with Arnie Everyone loves talking about the tournament when the players come through. They have it set up so well there. I would love to go and watch the pros play it. I always love watching them play it um, on TV. That's before I ever got down there. But having been there now, this is just an incredible place. I, I cannot wait to sink my eyes onto it this weekend. You definitely had some lemonade and iced tea, huh? Definitely had a little bit of lemonade and iced tea. I, I'll drink it anytime. I will say, after the round... We walked into the, the clubhouse bar and asked, asked the bartender, hey, you know what, what's the thing? What do we got to get? He said, you got to have some Palmer water. So what's Palmer water? It is straight up kettle one with a splash of water. I mean, it's ice, kettle one to wow. the brim with a splash of water. And that's just how Arnie liked it. That's what he walked around with. Wow. So, fair to say Woo. we had a good time there. <laughs> that is so out of bounds. That is so foul. That is beyond not what I like. (laughs) He was just down. Think of anything worse, actually. It's always um, it's always sweet when pros play a course that you played, and you can like compare shots, and you really know the types of shots that they're hitting, and like Mm. what they're dealing with, like like vision wise. Exactly, especially eighteen. I mean, you've seen so much history on that course, that hole in general. Uh, I will note, since you said that, the second hole, Jordan Spieth ace last year, and that's a, a pretty good four iron, a little over 200. And uh, I put one up onto the, the barely on the green, on the front of the green, and rolled it in for birdie after a, a bad mess up on one, admittedly, but made the birdie on two where Spieth had ace, felt pretty good. Get to six, you know, and you think about Bryson, bombing it as far as he can over the water. I tried to take an aggressive line and it ended up bailing way right, just swinging too hard. Um, so there's some truth in that. Didn't quite cut it just like Bryson, but uh, over to 18, I hit a, a pretty good drive that ended up down the left side into the rough a little bit, and I had 156. I wasn't sitting down, so I thought I was going to catch a flyer, and I hit a nine iron. And this thing peeled in at the pin. I, I don't think I've hit many prettier looking shots with that backdrop, right? I mean, you had the water, 
the green kind of as a kidney bean going towards the right. And that fade just fell right in over the flag. I'm four feet above it and it's a tricky little downhill putt. And I just missed the birdie putt, which I still lose sleep over, but I'm taking the par (laughs) finishing a good day at Bay Hill. What a fun round. And and just being out there felt really good. Like I've played Tory. I played chambers, uh, played cog Hill, which they used to play at. So I've played a couple of courses that the pros have been out on and nothing quite like Bay Hill. I, I just think it's one of the premier tournaments every single year. And it's going to be so fun to watch. I love it now. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm I'm bummed on the uh, on the field a little bit. It's not as star studded as I would have hoped, but um, it's, there's you know there's 20 guys in there that are are solid. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Mr. Joe. I, we obviously lost Bryson this week. Uh, he committed and then backed out. His said his wrist is at 90. percent Always want to see Bryson play that six hole now after last year uh and he ended up winning so he's the defending champion won't be able to defend his title uh spieth ended up backing out or or not committing he didn't commit so can't say backed out but he usually plays that tournament that's always fun to have him there no jt um a couple guys that that usually would be out there uh we're not getting but i agree a little bit of a weaker field but there are still some names i mean john rom roy mcelroy victor hovland scotty shuffler hideki there's some Dallas. good names at the top. Absolutely. Yeah. Should we start us? Should Willie start us off? Yeah, Willie did win the lottery there with the first pick. What do you got to say? Yeah, um, just going to keep it straight with this one. Just take Rom. I mean, best player in the world. Don't need to think too hard about that one. No doubt about it. Love the pick. Okay. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Mm, don't know, man. This was a coin flip for me. Uh, it's hard for me to put my trust in him. Um, but he has been the most dominant at Arnie's place since old T. Gray. I'm going with my power ranking number one at plus 1300 to win this bad boy, Mr. Rory McLeroy. Wow. Why is it hard for you to why is it hard for you to trust him? I just think I just his game isn't dialed at you know at all times. And I feel like when he snips a lead, it's just it's not like I'm gonna go and get this. It's more like let's hold on and you know hope to win this. It's not an attack mode like I feel Rom is or JT or maybe even a DJ. But, you know, the little snippet from the power rankings got me. But he has been the most dominant over the years at Arnie's place, and he just has an eye for Bay Hill like he does. And so I got to go with him. He won it I in 2018. I feel you, though, Joe. Overall. There's something about Rory. It's just like, I mean, obviously he's amazing, and he goes ridiculously low all the time and can at any time. But there's – just seems like there's like a level of inconsistency. Totally. Inconsistency is the perfect word. Oh, uh, Gary. I, I was uh, hoping you'd pick good old Rory. I'm definitely going with good old Hideki. It was a smart oh. pick. I mean, Rory's going to blow it up. Hideki, <laughs> this man. 
just celebrated 30 years in existence, sipping champagne, living life. The man can play. And he was upset last tournament. So revenge is in Hideki's eyes. But I agree. Rory, we'll see. He's either great or average, but nowhere in between. There we go. Well, we are still going to get some fireworks on that six hole. Rory is going to get pretty long over that uh, half moon there. And then I think so will John Rahm. He'll, he'll be taking on quite a bit of that lake. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who has been near the top of the leaderboards a lot and, uh, you know, just hasn't crossed the finish line this year yet, but I think it's coming soon. Victor Hovland, he's pretty steady. Usually yeah. goes pretty low. That's my pick for this week, Victor Hovland. Great pick. Yeah. So guys very just playing some great golf. I mean, he's got a future star written all over him. Yeah, he's thick. He, he lives in that weight room. Yes, he does. Absolutely. Well, we're back for the second round to the top at Willie. Yeah, I'm between two people here. <laughs> um, but I think – I think I'm going to go with uh, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I mean, he got the win, just played good at Riv. Just seems like he's in form and has a lot of confidence right now. So I'm going to go with him and, and hopefully ride the hot hand. Willie's got like the D lineup going so far, Raman Scheffler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to. I'm going to take a guy that I thought Gary was going to take. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who finished 10th last year um, and he finished 10th with losing uh, one and a half strokes to the field. If that goes positive, he most likely will top five or, or win. Um, Mr. Will Zalatoris, ball striking phenomena. Zally. Yeah, oh. It was between him and Scheffler for me. Uh, of course. I was either one I was happy with. I was like, if he takes Zally, I'll take Scotty. It's all good. Yeah. <sighs> good pick, Joe. Good pick. Um, not a lot to this. Just going by the power rankings. Going Mark Leishman. Not a lot to say here. Average player. You know, consistent here and there. Um, we'll see. Definitely did it just because Joe wanted him. Uh, you, like you know I like, like those Aussies. Those Aussies, yes, mate. I love them. I'm already no. seeing a little bit of more sensible picks here, trying to avoid cut players. We'll see. I'm, not, I'm not pouch dodging, as NLU says. <laughs> I'm going for straight horses. All right. I'm going to go with a Titleist player. Just ever since I got the Titleist in the bag now, loving what Damn. he's been putting out. Did pretty well at Riviera. We saw him most recently on the NLU podcast. Mr. LA himself, Max Homa, bringing it down to the Florida stretch. Nice. Wow. Nice. Yeah, he is not in the power rankings. That is a – yeah, it's a good pick. Oh, he's actually in the power rankings. No, dude, not mine. Sorry. Um, 2022, uh, number 13. Is he? He's probably looking at different ones. Yeah, I'm looking at different ones, bro. I'm looking at the uh, official PGA. No, dude, I don't like that. Garrett. <laughs> Too mainstream, bro. What's that? 
too mainstream for you. Yeah, I go, I go Cuddy. Sick, sick. That's that's radical. Uh, um, my right. pick? No, is it back to me? Yeah, back to the top. All right. I'm gonna go with uh my boy Tyrell Hatton. All right. He's Lord Tyrell. Five on made cuts here. Yeah. Easy. He's playing well. Those some wheat thins. A little bit of wheat thins. Original. So good. Man, I rode this guy hot a lot last year and he he helped me out um, a few times i just haven't seen his name too much and as of late um wow who is it i don't know if i can go with him really Uh, paul casey i'm not going with him but paul casey is a guy who i wrote a lot in the past especially in majors just um, haven't seen much of him like i don't know if he's like in form i don't know what is yeah no i'm exactly totally with you um You know, G still one of my Australian players, but I always have backups and I always got, you know, the Australians in my heart. So I'm going with the number 13 in my power rankings, Garrett, Mr. Jason Day. Seven straight made cuts at Bay Hill. Wow. I, uh, I got Joe, you, you better hope he doesn't get vertigo. <laughs> Jason Day, I'm less worried about than like, I don't even know, Phil Mickelson. Like, <laughs> Oh, that we didn't bring say, up tonight. Not a good one. Not a good one, Jeff. That's okay. Joe, I'll back you up here. I, I was going to pick him if you didn't pick him, probably. Uh, Jason Day showed up at Torrey Pines, and he's been doing pretty well. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Guy's in form. Changed his whole golf swing to protect his back, bro. Now he's fairways and greens. Oh, he's definitely going to win then. Um, all right. Well, after that short Jason Day snippet, um, I'm going with Adam Scott. Definitely not in the power rankings. We're going for a fun pick this week. At least finishing minus one to whatever Jason Day does. <laughs> and uh, that's that's where I'm at. I right, got number 12 in my power rankings, G. What power rankings are you looking at, bro? Adam Scott? He's number 12 on mine. No, Joe, you're looking at 2021. I'm looking at 2022. Yeah, I'm looking at the lines. There's different power rankings across the internet. No, I'm looking at the official PGA Tour, sponsored by Garrett. <laughs> you guys don't use your own power rankings that you make up in your head? You guys aren't golf analysts in real life? No, I, I need do. a little healthy. I'm not, I don't have an encyclopedia in my head like you do. <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude. We're not all like golf wizards. Well, here is my power rankings pick. I wasn't looking too far into it for Hovland or Homa, the double H squad, if you will. But I am going to take a guy who beat out Spieth last year to claim a victory. And since Spieth is not in this field and I could not pick him, I will take Jason Kokrak. Welcome oh, to the good one. The Saudi man himself. Was he was on he- his way? Dude, he's sponsored by their government. He has, like, Saudi golf on his golf bag. Well, that's great to know. Can't wait to see how this plays out. Oh, he was first one. He's definitely hanging there. out with <laughs> Well, that is something we didn't talk about at all. We've got all of our picks in. We'll see how it turns out with accumulative, but, of course, keeping our scoring as is. Also wanted to say a quick hello to Mr. CJ while he was in here. Uh, for those that are listening on Spotify, hello, Mr. CJ. 
And we will, we will get into the Phil conversation. You know, I think we have a little bit of time with that as we don't know what his timeline is to return to the game. Uh, we can t- develop our thoughts a little bit more there. I was pretty upset for him to see Callaway pause their uh, agreement with him. And of course, a, a couple of main sponsors drop him. But we'll talk about that a little bit more later, unless anyone has anything to add on that front. Uh, we've got some good stuff coming from the API this week ahead. I don't have anything to add on to it, but I think I sent a, a good text message in the group. Is he just about to rock a polo, like, from his closet? Like, next time he comes out on tour, like, he's, uh, you know, he's going to take a fire course that he's played and just, like, wear that because he's not going to have any sponsors on it. Well, it's easily going to be the 2021 version of Garrett's polo from Kiowa. PGA yeah, Championship. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, yeah. Someone will sponsor him. Like, if he plays at the Masters, he's literally going to be, like, the most shown player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Not I mean, show up at something. he won a major last year. The guy is still marketable as ever. I, it kind of blows my mind that he's being dismissed from all these places. I mean, his comments were a little strong. Like I said, we'll get into that more later. I do really want to keep the focus on Arnold Palmer. Uh, it's been six and a half years, no, five and a half years since he lost, uh, we lost him, the King. Everyone at Bay Hill still has fond memories of him. The entire place is, is an ode and an homage to him between there in Orlando and in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, back where he's from. Everyone has a thing or two to, that's good to say about the King. And this, this tournament is always fun to watch. Cannot wait. Getting started on Thursday morning. There's some good players out there. The six hole, always fun to watch. Some good par threes. Uh, number seven is, is a good par three. Uh, we'll be looking out for it. 17 is another great par three. And 18, of course, the finishing hole is, is just tremendous with that lake and the, the green going off to the right. So they can get some tricky pin positions there. Really, really, really excited for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And also really excited for people who pay attention next week on the players. As we were live on the show, I got confirmation. We will be having our first guest next week on with us. Can't wait for you guys to find out who that is. This is going to make it a lot more interesting. I think we might have to go to four players just to see the expertise of this guy's picks. We will find out what we're looking at. It's also the Players' Championship, so a little bit stronger, closer to a major. We'll, We'll make the decisions when we get to it, but really, really fun to have this guy on. Can't wait. We'll see you guys all next time.